From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Emily Ernson. This is your news for Thursday, June 22nd. A proposed wastewater treatment plant down Cane Creek Boulevard is getting a lot of attention in Moab right now. The treatment plant would be needed to serve a new resort with the capacity for almost 600 occupants. The development has received pushback from locals who believe the resort would ruin the solitude of the canyon. And last week, 48 Grand and San Juan County residents signed a letter petitioning the development's treatment plant. If constructed, the treatment plant would be located near Moonflower Canyon, and the discharge would be pumped into the Colorado River near Cane Creek Canyon. Those opposed to the treatment plant say that flooding is bound to affect that area, which could cause sewage to overflow into the river. In an interview with Sophia Fisher of the Moab Times, developer Trent Arnold pointed out that the new plant would be positioned almost 16 feet higher in elevation than Moab City's current treatment plant, which is located near the wetlands and also discharges into the Colorado River. I spoke with Obi Tejada, the utility services director at Moab's wastewater reclamation facility, to find out how our sewage is currently treated and to ask whether residents should be concerned about the proposed treatment plant. So we're really close to the wetlands right now. What would happen if the wetlands flooded and like this property also flooded? So when they built this uh, plant, they built it up uh, six feet higher than what it was. And so we're higher than, than the flood elevation. It's actually a foot and a half higher than the flood elevation for this area. So when it has flooded, uh, it, the uh, water has never gotten onto this property. This property is pretty protected from flooding. I mean, worst case scenario, if this plant flooded, for example, what would the consequences be? It would be hard for the, for the sewer to flow through the plant if, if this flooded. And so we would just overwork pumps trying to keep up with like groundwater flow. But that's pretty, like if this place flooded, the town would be, in, it would be, a, you know, like a large portion of town would also be flooded. Like it might be kind of like a small uh, problem. And, and I mean, I, any sewage that did spill at that point, like the dilution factor on it would be pretty high. So, Have there ever been malfunctions because there's been too much inflow? We have had a couple instances, usually around rain events, where uh, there's just too much flow, and which causes some problems. It's hard to get it to settle correctly when you're not in the right phase. Okay, so rainwater comes in too? It's not designed to, but when I say rain events, I mean like the flooding last year caused it and, and we had some issues with manholes uh, getting flooded from, you know, uh, all those floods we had after the fire. You know, there's like a sewer network throughout the whole valley uh, with manhole lids. Most of them have holes in them because they need to be vented to vent out sewer gases. During heavy rain events, when the road is totally flooded, like you get rainwater into those holes. And so like most rain events, that's not a significant amount. But like these events that we've had, these big events, like where the, flow, where the road is totally covered for a very long time, then we get a lot of water, uh, all, you know, and then it, it builds up and it runs through the plant. So what kinds of things do you have to do when, when it's spiking and falling? Everything just works harder. So, you know, like the, the press uh, runs more often, the air uh, is on, you know, so our blowers are on more often. Uh, and then we carry more um, bacteria in the basins for treatment, uh, knowing that there's going to be more food, you know, more sewage coming in for them to eat. Basically, the treatment plant is a massive sewage fermentation pool. The bacteria that's already present in the sewage gets concentrated at the plant and controlled by how much oxygen they add to the sewage during the treatment process. That bacteria plus UV light are basically the only things needed to treat the sewage. After the water is treated, it's pumped into the Colorado River near the plant, which is located at the end of 400 North. So all of the people who are concerned about this potential wastewater treatment facility down Cane Creek, you know, that water going into the river, what do you have to say 
to them? I mean, strictly from a sewage standpoint, you know, like they've been talking about a very technologically advanced uh, type of system called an MBR, a membrane battery reactor. Uh, it's a very good system. Uh, if it's operated well, the, the sewage going to the river uh, should be fine. Originally, the Cane Creek developers had wanted to use Moab City's treatment plant, but logistically, it would be too complicated and expensive to pump the sewage into town. All of the sewage from Moab, once it's treated, goes into the river, correct? Correct. I mean, at one point they were talking about pumping it to here, so it would have been the same thing. For more information about Moab's Wastewater Reclamation Center, look to our show notes today. Last Friday, the Chilchimbito chapter of the Navajo Nation held a groundbreaking ceremony for a new convenience store. KSJD's Clark Edomitis reports that this shop will be big news for the community. On Saturday, Navajo Nation Tribal Council member Shandin Paris posted the news to her Instagram and Facebook page. The community of Chilchinbito would have a new convenience store and multi-purpose center. At about 27,000 square miles, the Navajo Nation is approximately the size of West Virginia, but there are just 13 grocery stores and 21 convenience stores on the reservation. We get a lot of uh, tourism. Eugene Bedoni is the manager for the Chilchinbito chapter of the Navajo Nation. Come through the uh, Chilchinbito chapter, although they do not stop at the chapter, but they go through never having to stop to... Uh, Drop off a single penny here. Bodoni says in addition to revenue from Monument Valley tourists, the convenience store will allow some 1,000 people to buy food and gas locally. It's hard to get out to Kienta to go another 30 miles to get grocery and gas and other personal needs. It just does not cut it. We must have the store available here. The chapter has been planning the construction of the multi-purpose facility since 2005. The tribe used $1,150,000 in American Rescue Plan funds to build it. I'm Clark Adamitis. The Southwest Health System Board of Directors announced Monday that they will not be closing the Family Birthing Center in Cortez, Colorado. Chris Clements of KSJD has the report. This comes after a contentious special board meeting last Thursday where several community members shared their concerns about the possible closure. Hospital officials previously said they're temporarily closing the birthing center on July 1st in order to keep the organization financially stable. A press release from the hospital announcing their decision to reconsider was released on Monday. About 60 people, including several mothers, showed up to the board meeting last week near the hospital's emergency services wing to voice their deep concern over the future of maternity care at SHS. A Cortez resident and mother named Cindy McNeil spoke at the meeting about her daughter, who is pregnant and was due to give birth after the birthing center would have closed. And that's where we're at right now is that our hospital has abandoned young mothers, young women, and children. Babies will die. I guarantee babies will die if not young mothers. Joe Thomason, a representative from Community Hospital Corporation, which manages the hospital, apologized to the community for his handling of the situation. You know, really without involving the getting the doctor's input that truly um, in hindsight, was really, really poorly executed, and that's on me. Some at the meeting demanded that the SHS board find a way to part ways with Community Hospital Corporation. I'm Chris Clements. Daniel Ellsberg, the whistleblower who leaked the Pentagon Papers, died last Friday at the age of 92. In 1971, while working as a military analyst, Ellsberg leaked the papers to the New York Times, revealing the extent of the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. He continued to speak out against war, 
and protested the manufacturing of nuclear weapons at the Rocky Flats Nuclear Weapons Facility south of Boulder, Colorado. In 2018, Ellsberg spoke to our partners at KGNU via Skype about the protests. He recalled going to the plant in 1978. There was a good deal of protest against the idea of the neutron bomb, which, by the way, was going to have its main components, plutonium components, machined at Rocky Flats. And that's why I had accepted in advance to speak at Rocky Flats on the uh, assembly that, and civil disobedience that was planned for April 29th. The protesters, known as Rocky Flats Truth Force, set up camp April 29th, 1978, but several of them, including Ellsberg and his son Robert, were arrested on May 8th for blocking the railway tracks going into the plant. And as my son and I in handcuffs are traveling now to Jefferson County Jail, past the tracks, which my son was seeing for the first time, and he said to me, handcuffed to me, you know, there should have been people on the tracks in Auschwitz. Ellsberg was arrested four times in 1978 for protesting at Rocky Flats. He and other protesters were convicted of trespassing for blocking trains. I remember the editorial at the end of our trial saying, whatever you think of these protesters' actions, what they are asking is correct. Rocky Flats must close. Well, it took another 10 years for that to happen. And these actions may or may not, and, and I would have said, uh, have been the seed for that later closing, um, uh, which happened in particular as a result of leaks, that is, unauthorized disclosures by uh, internal, uh, one in particular, employees of the plant. Rocky Flats was shut down in 1992. Daniel Ellsberg died at his home in California on June 16, 2023. That audio was recorded during a talk hosted by our partners at KGNU. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, June 22nd. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6 p.m. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.